I would have much preferred, especially dealing with gospel, a Yolanda Adams, who we're both from Houston, Texas, to pick up and step on and say, hey, I have a career to save and I can't agree with your stance right now. I need to say something different to my public. So I rather, I, I would have preferred that to call and say, we've been in the gospel game too long together and this is negative. This is this looks really, really bad. So I'm not gonna be able to affiliate with you. I, was, I would have respected it and said, hey, do what you gotta do, but at least we have an understanding. Well, I mean, and let me be clear here. Yolanda is a friend of mine as well. Good. Where I am also from Texas. Oh, okay. And I did not want to turn this into a, cause I don't know what happened behind the scenes. So let me be the first to say that whenever you get your national TV show, I, you better ride for me like Tamron Hall rides for Yolanda Adams, okay? Well, listen, this is the thing, and this is what trips me about. First off, people from Texas always gotta let you know they from Texas. They really do. <laughs> they I really yeah, do. I don't know why that is, but it's like, oh, because I'm also from Texas. So, so let me be clear, I'm also from Texas. <laughs> you know. Um, but that was just my, that was the, what has been a tough week. That was just the little nugget of, uh, the, the just beautiful morsel of, uh, nice, nasty that I really enjoy <laughs> that. I, Cause I love nice, nasty. I am I a connoisseur of nice, nasty. I practice really nice, nasty. I can speak nice, nasty, very fluently. And um, that was just that was just that little nugget between Tamron Hall and Kim Burrell was just beautiful. So that's what you guys just heard, and we're going to get into that. We're going to talk okay, about. Okay, I'm going to say week. I want you to explain. Yeah, I want you to explain this I a little definitely more. Will, after. And we'll get into that. We're going to talk okay. about that during Wu Chow, but we have uh, so much other stuff to talk about as well. We got to hit. You know, we have our shows. We had some deaths. We got some people walking away from shows. It was a great week for TV as well. I want to talk about Trevor Noah. Uh, there's some, there's yeah. a couple of stories involving Trevor this week that I want to talk about. Um, and I also, right, I like you I said good TV. We will be discussing Dahmer today. It's been trending. Let's just let's get this over with. I have things. I don't to know say. if I'm going to classify that as good TV, and I'm really excited to, for us to have this conversation. Because, oh, interesting um, TV. Not good. Yeah, oh, have, yeah, I've oh, got okay. things. I've got yeah, things. To I, say. I, I do want to talk about that <laughs> show as well. Um, but we, we have so much to get into, so let's not waste any more time, pop stars. Yeah, are y'all ready? I'm from Texas. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? I'm Marcus Drew Steele. It's me, Trenton Rashad, and you are listening to Cold Pop. We are back with another episode. Marcus, how's your week been? First off, let me tell you, Trenton Rashad is a good friend of mine, and I, too, am from Kentucky. So watch yourself. Yeah. Watch oh, your mouth. Okay. I love that. Because that was... <laughs> she said, oh, that, okay. That, that, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> game recognized yeah. game. So I, let's be clear. 
I had you on this show so that because I thought you were going to give more backstory to your issue. But yeah. what I won't allow is you to sit on here and defame my friends on my show. <laughs> I know. I, we, I know. We're going to, Marcus, we are going to get there. Trust me. I just, talk I'm gagged. Me, <laughs> talk to me about your week first. Let's get, yes. Let's yes, 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 yes. So my week has been uh, pretty crazy. Uh, work has uh, been a little bit of a whirlwind this week, a little chaotic. We had a lot of things going on, a lot of videos that needed to get out, plus um, a few like team, I don't. I want to say like a team retreat or something like that, but just like it's some team activities and stuff. So it's okay. just been a crazy week. Um, but beyond that, I've, I'm very proud of myself because, you know, sometimes I have weeks where I don't get to watch that much TV. Maybe this was not one of those weeks. I, I sat down and I got through several things. Um, okay. I am watching a lot of TV right now, and I just wanted to highlight uh, I'm watching Andor on Disney+. Plus. It is actually really good. I, and or but, as I like to call it. <laughs> let me what i would like to say about andor and this it's, it is a star wars property but what i think i have gravitated towards a little bit while i obviously enjoy the whole mystical jedi sith lightsaber stuff i have found myself really really getting involved with the grounded stories that they're telling of just like the normal people in the rebellion and the lives that they're living there's some really good storytelling going on and andor has okay. really like this last episode episode four they took it up a notch and like the stakes are high and like i'm invested and so it was a really it's a really good show and i would definitely recommend nice. watching um nice. another show that i thought also hit a really good episode this week rick and morty rick and morty and the knight family this past week uh i think there is there will probably by the time this airs there will be a new episode out of rick and morty but last week's episode with the knight family probably one of the best rick and morty episodes in a while a uh, really really strong really really good i was very very impressed by that uh what else have i been watching still watching house of the dragon that shit's getting real shit's getting real girl i know you're caught up on that aren't you I am. We've done the official swap of the cast. We've moved uh, on to the older nice. cast. Um, so that was a nice new thing to get this week. Um, but definitely, I think we're starting to see now kind of the after effects of that just like passed down trauma. Um, yeah. My old yeah. man pointed me out. He, my old man, he pointed this out to me this past week about house of the dragon of just like how, how that kind of gets passed down from generation to generation, that kind of almost fear of, you know, existence status, all of those things gets passed down throughout these families year after year. And so that was, um that was interesting to kind of see play out this week on that show. It, it it was Allison's line where she said where she was talking to Aegon and she was like, "You are the issue just by living and breathing. You yeah. are the issue. Like, get it through your fucking head, girl. Like, you can't be sitting here doing this stuff by just being alive. You yeah. are in danger. <laughs> yeah, you in danger, girl. Just, you know that was the perfect mirror to what her father told her all those years ago." Yep. Of like, so you I thought, don't get it. Like, this is what, you know, this is exactly, this is how this is going to play out. You understand, like, you hear it thinking this is la-di-da. That's not what this is, baby. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to 
talk about, did you have a chance to watch Woman King? I've not got to watch Woman King. So I've also had a crazy week this week. Um, and I've not been able to make it to the theater because I wanted to watch Woman, The Woman King. I wanted to watch... Bros came out this week. There's yeah. so much stuff that I, like, I'm like, okay, I have to get myself... I need to make time for some movies. And so I've not got to see that yet. Okay, so I'll hold We're off. Like I said, it. I'll continue to hold you've, off. I mean, you've held off now for two weeks. So two weeks. Who knows when I'm going to be able to get to see this. Let's talk about it. Let me hear. Well, I can't, the reason why I can't talk about it is because I need you to watch it because there are some specific things that I want to say that I want your opinion on that I need you to, like, see first. I'll give my opinion anyway. No, I'll, I'll hold. I mean, it's, it's, like I said, it's not anything bad. Like, I'm not trashing it. It was, like I said, it was a great, it was a very strong performances. Uh, but it just, there's some things I wanted to talk about. And so I'll continue to hold. We'll hold. We'll, pa- we'll put a pause on this until you have a chance okay. to watch. We'll see. Um, you know, we'll how was your week? You in the new year. Um, <laughs> like I said, this week was super busy for me as well. Just like a lot of work stuff and trying to figure out, um, you know, how to make time for everything. But I did get to catch some shows. Once again, there was like a lot of stuff that was premiering this week as well. So that was nice. Um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is back with season three. Um, So I got to catch that. That was a very interesting uh, season premiere. This show has been produced within every inch of its life. I don't know the production company that's doing Salt Lake City, but it's definitely the production seems to me to be a step above what some of these other franchises are doing. And I don't know if that is that the production companies with these other franchises, because the because these other cities are a little bit older, you know, they've been around now for much longer. Salt Lake mm-hmm. City is like has something to prove, but they really are doing a lot of storytelling um with this and i think it's i mean you can go back and forth of you know saying oh well it's it's also fake and it's also produced but to me it is actually entertaining um there's a lot going on uh with all of the friendships and the groups in salt lake city and they, um the, the show is doing a really good job of showing us showcasing first the history of how all of these friend groups have gotten started and kind of the arc of their demise. Right. Uh, You know that Mary Cosby is not back this season, and so I thought I was going to miss her. I actually didn't miss her uh, for this um, first episode, at least. There was definitely enough going on. Uh, I think that they probably started filming right after the reunion because it seems like there hasn't been that much time that has passed uh, between where we left the ladies at the uh, at the reunion versus where they are now, just in terms of relationship, Lisa and Meredith are still bickering about the hot mic moment. Um, oh, really? Jen Shaw is still battling with her, you know, legal issues and legal woes, things of that nature. Um, so yeah, it was a very very entertaining premiere, and like I said, they are the producers at Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Hats off. Cause y'all are doing it because it's <laughs> definitely it's it's definitely super entertaining. Also, this week Rami premiered, so everyone knows that I've watched Rami now ever since, which is also in its third season. Weirdly enough, um, mm-hmm. 
since its beginning. Love that show. Mahershala Ali was on season two and did a really, you know, amazing job. Um, but it is back. I watched the first episode. I'm not sure where we're going uh, with Rami. I'm on for the ride because I'm locked in, clearly. But uh, it seems to me that Rami's getting himself in quite a bit of mess already at the beginning of the <laughs> beginning of the season. So super excited to see where that leads as well. Um, for my handmaids people out there, y'all pray oh, yeah, for June. Yeah, that came back. June is losing her mind. She has officially lost her mind, and I think that she's going to be taking Luke with her because I think, um, yeah, he seems to also be kind of falling apart. So for my handmaids people, the ones that watch handmaids, y'all know what I'm talking about. Just pray for June. Pray for that family. Pray for that union because we cannot have them going to jail. We cannot have them killing people. We just, we, we just, we just can't have it. So I ask that y'all all just wrap your arms uh, around the Osborne family um, and just help them uh, because this is, yeah, this is definitely <laughs> tough. It's, it's crazy to me when I watch this show and I feel like I, we need to do another recap because y'all know I love Handmaids, but it's just so odd to me how Gilead is actually kind of taunting her and like daring her to come after them. And so it's like, okay, well, if this is what you want, maybe this is what you're going to get. Um, so it's been a crazy week. Also this week, I've been preoccupied with planning Rihanna's Super Bowl performance. So for those who don't know. The memes and the gifts and the videos, baby, hilarious. Hilarious. Baby. I'm telling they you. Said, and that's what they this, said, I mean, let us not forget our roots because Cold Pop was started on this conversation. I don't know if you remember that. Like one of our very first episodes was talking about possible Super Bowl and who would be performing. Halftime performers. Was one that came um once she was one of the names that came up and so now that this is actually happening i am locked in and i'm trying to go through the catalog and figure out how can we can mix this music so i could send my proposal in um as creative director for uh for the super bowl that's that's definitely what i am um been preoccupied with this week of just trying to figure out how to make all the music work well, and you know that they're probably already She's already got the set list. I thought it was extremely funny because they were like, they had said something like on online saying, um, having a child is so expensive. Even Rihanna had to go back to work. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I said, shout and don't get out. Me wrong, Rihanna's been working, um, you know, Fenty and all of that stuff. Rachel Dolezal uh, has been sporting those Fenty looks. We're going to talk about that too. I do want to talk I about can. that as well. I cannot. Because Listen, we have to get into it because, like I said, there is a lot going on. So, I don't. Are you ready for us to get into our first segment? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So it is time for our beloved segment of this podcast entitled "Woo Child." This is the part of the show where Marcus and I get to go over the week's most ridiculous, most ratchet moments in pop culture, um, and the things that made us say. Woo. Yeah. Uh Marcus, do you want to go first? Uh yeah, I'll get this one out of the way quick. Um first and foremost, uh we go with we are a TV podcast, which means that inevitably there will be cancellations, child. There will be cancellations. There will be shows that just don't quite make the cut, and we have our first 
on the chopping block. Uh, Queer Ass Folk got canceled one season on Peacock. What are your thoughts? So I personally still have not watched the season. I haven't either. Nobody. So maybe that's it. why and they clearly got canceled. nobody's watched it, and that's why it's got yeah. Yeah, y'all that's not why got Y'all are not supporting queer content. So I was that's reading the exactly comments. Why. So where were your? What are? You, what was your excuse? Why haven't you been able to check it out? I was reading the comments under the news article, and the majority of people were like, "Oh, I'm not surprised." Okay, but okay, so you're still not answering my question. What is your excuse? Why have you not yet watched? I don't have an excuse. Folk? I've just found better, other TV shows that I've been more interested in watching. There's no excuse. Rick and Morty. And House of the Dragon and all of these other shows. Yeah, there's there's been other TV shows that I've been more interested in, period. No excuse. What's your excuse? Um, My excuse is that I do not want to um, yet support the show (laughs) because... Save what? Save it. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, save it. Who the who the intended audience is. You know, is this a show for queer people or is this show used to educate heterosexual people about queer people? Which I one think, is it? I think the I think it was doomed the moment they put it on Peacock. Like who all is paying for all of these streaming services? Like nobody is well, doing hold that. Hold on now cuz Peacock is now people are watching stuff on Peacock. Now don't People I mean, the only show I watch on Peacock, Peacock is Bel Air. Bel Air's been on there. You know, people have went right to those. People uh, ran to those girls trip things on Peacock as well. That, what that girls Bravo's trip things? Now, the Real Housewives girls trip. Oh, you know, those, not me. Those things. People have been. You know, so Peacock has definitely been coming with the content. So what you're saying is it's I the think, show. I hear me out. I think. There was there's something a bit performative about the queer spoke cast and them kind of really marching it out with, oh, everyone is represented and we have, you know, every we have, you know, every minority, every kind of underrepresented group now represented. And I, I don't know. I don't know, which is kind of I don't know if it's like a bad thing. It's definitely not a bad thing, but there seemed to be something definitely performative about them marching out with, you know, with that as the kind of the front, the front piece. Um, I saw a lot of people also say that there was like no nudity in the show either. And like the original show had a lot of nudity. Okay. I don't think that's bad. So, I'm, so why, why change that? Um, This is a gay show, maybe. right? Like, well, I don't know if it, I mean is nudity required to tell the story? I don't I don't know the story, so that's what well, I'm saying. I'm, it's, I'm, it's the brand of the show. This is queer as folk, which is a play on queer as fuck. So like, there's going to be a lot of fucking going on. So what's the tea? It's a play on what now? It's a it's a play on queer as fuck, queer as folk. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, like, oh, I'm queer as fuck. Like, queer as, queer as folk. Like, it's a play on words. I don't know if that's true. I think you just made that up. No, what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a play on words. Queer as fuck. That seems to me like more of like a modern saying. Like the Well, like, when you watch the AF first... It's like a... The original iteration of the show, 
it was very in your face for your time, like queer people, gay people, and you know, yeah, hypersexualized and stuff. First, and so it was like, oh one. yeah, they're queer as fuck. Like they're queer as folk, whatever. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think you need nudity for it to be a good show, but I'm I not saying think, we need it, um, but I, I, I mean, like I said, I don't know why, uh, why it's not doing well. I think with re reboots, you always have, you run that, you run that choice of um, the possibility of it not taking off or it being just compared so much to uh, the first iteration that it, yeah, that people are not feeling it. So, well, um, it got canceled. Sorry to hear that. Ooh, chow. So, chow. Uh, what do you have? Uh, well, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Miss Rachel Dolezal has been in the news recently um, in support and in love for Rihanna. I don't know if she was like, this is my time with the whole Rihanna Super Bowl announcement, but like, let me hop on this right now. Baby girl, Rachel Dolezal, for those who don't remember, was the white woman who pretended to be a black woman. Uh, for several years in the in the Washington State area, she was a part of the NAACP there. Uh, but it had come out, and this was like years ago, um, that she was actually a white woman, had white parents, those types of things, and had like basically altered her uh, altered her complexion, hair to appear more black. Um, she was recently in the news for her risque photos that she's been now posting on her OnlyFans. I don't know exactly where the <laughs> how we got to establishing the OnlyFans as a part of her brand, but she was recently putting on some Savage Fenty outfits, uh, some scantily clad outfits. Have you seen the photos, Marcus? And I don't know, and I don't want to. Click on the link and I let don't me know what you em. think of these <laughs> of these beautiful shots. I I mean. Now I will say, body is looking good. Baby girl's been in the gym. Rachel has been in the gym. She looks good. I cannot. I have to give it to her. But I mean, I think that I think we're dealing with someone who just wants to be a star, who wants to be in the public by well, any means so, necessary. So let me ask you this: what, for someone like her, who is, I guess not famous but maybe more so infamous yeah how is she supposed to I make money i mean like what would you, i guess what would we expect her to do i guess i wouldn't expect anything go, less from go her. get a job go get a job start who's gonna hire her somewhere. uh i think i think that she could get a job somewhere I everybody like knows she who she is i i don't think so i think that she could change her look enough if she took to off wear. the black face <laughs> I think she could change her look enough to where she could not be as recognizable. But I think we're dealing with someone who just wants to be famous at any and all costs. It doesn't matter what it is. So you choose this time now to promote to, to promote your OnlyFans um, so that you can, you know, I guess get some type of notoriety. She charges people child. ten dollars a month. Are you going to be subscribing? Why would you even ask me that? <laughs> to support. No. <laughs> Why would I want to support her? On her OnlyFans, she says, Welcome to my page where I post creative content. Mm, okay. 
I don't know about cre- okay, we'll go with that. Creative I see content, your interact shot. with fans uh, more than any other platform. Subscribers get to see how my sensual side pairs with my creative spirit through intimate images inspired by color, light, and lingerie on the weekend. Save it. Save yes. it for Oprah. Nine ninety nine. Go ahead and subscribe, Marcus. You know you Ooh, want child. to. I'm not. You're, I, I will not. I have not thought about Rachel Dolezal since you brought this up. And after we're done, I won't think about her anymore. People are trying to pay bills out here. People yeah. are really trying to pay bills. I know you heard about your boy Todd, Toddy, Rockstar. The your yogurt. <laughs> Yo, what? And I didn't. What happened? Oh Lord, we'll get into that later. Go ahead, do your next one, and I'll I'll do that one as an extra. Cause that's yogurt. <laughs> okay, let me see here. Oh my gosh. Ooh, um. Oh well, I guess on a sad note, we have to say that um, rapper slash I guess an actor, um, Coolio died at fifty nine. Multi hyphenate. Multi hyphenate producer, rapper, actor, Coolio. Died at 59. You may remember him from um, Dangerous Par- Thugs Paradise. Was it Dangerous Paradise? Thugs Paradise. I know Dangerous, Dangerous Minds Paradise. was the movie. Thugs yeah. Paradise was Gangster song. Paradise. Yeah. Um, but Dangerous Minds was a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But that was the that was part of the the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But he's been. I mean, you, he did the all that. Uh, theme song as oh, yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's been, you know, Coolio's been around and, and, and really people know him for his crazy hairstyles. Um, yeah. He was been, he's been a huge part of uh, rap in the, in the 90s, early 2000s. He's a Grammy and winner. A huge figure and I just, you know, it's, when I saw that, I definitely felt something because um, it, it, it was a shock. I did not realize how old he was. Um, he was well, fifty nine is not that old. I I did not I did not think that Coolio in my mind Coolio was not fifty nine. Like that was like what? Like hold on. So um, here's but the, it definitely uh, was a shock, and I I shed a little thug tear because uh, <laughs> he definitely has made quite an impact uh, on the culture. Yeah, here's the statement from I guess his team or family. It says we are saddened by the loss of our dear friend and client Coolio who passed away this afternoon. He touched the world with the gift of his talent and will be missed profoundly. Sheila Finnegan, his manager at Trinity Artists International, said in a statement to Variety, thank you to everyone worldwide who has listened to his music and to everyone who has been reaching out regarding his passing. Please have Coolio's loved ones in your thoughts and prayers. They don't say what he passed away from, though. Yeah, um, there was actually, like, photos and... Um social media post of him like in the days leading up to his death and he seemed to be in good health good spirits so i'm not exactly sure what the cause of death is um but you know prayers to prayers uh to his family yeah prayers to his family and his whole team and his camp and stuff like that so um what else you got well i'm surprised you haven't heard about the uh the mess with youtuber todrick hall um Todrick has been ordered uh, to pay over $100,000 in unpaid rent for the Sherman Oaks home that he had recently told people that he had purchased. So it uh, did a video, I think now almost a year ago, um, of this this big, huge house tour, big fancy house that he was like, you know, I've always wanted to own my own home and having this place has been so, you know, 
having being able to get this place has been such a magical experience and decorating it. Beautiful house. Uh, but apparently it the rent his. was like thirty thousand dollars a month. Um, and he had not been making payments. And so he has received a court order by the landlords that he is um that he now has to pay for the back rent as well as any damages and as well as the legal fees for the uh for the landlords. Yeah, so he did he did that clip uh this this video in February of 2021. I'm not exactly sure what's going on and why he's not paying bills, but he does have a history of this. Um he does. Just not being good with money management and I think, you know, Todrick, get some people on your team to kind of help you with this because that's the last thing that you want. It's already out there, but, you know, at 36, you need to start rectifying some of this behavior so you can go on to the next level. I think Todrick is a very talented person, but this is something that is going to keep him out of the circles that he's been trying to break into for so long. You want him to get people on his team to help him out so he cannot pay them too? Well, see, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that because that's what see, you're and saying. They should be, he probably, no, he just needs to get a team in charge of his finances. How's he going to pay them? Because they could pay themselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> pay themselves out of that money. I was like, how's he going to pay him that, if he can't to me, pay that's rent? Better than, that, to me, that's better than, you know, because it's not, I don't think as much as Todrick, like tours and all of that stuff, I don't think he's broke. I just don't think that he's paying his... I don't think he's just paying bills. Either way, it's not a good look. Definitely not a good look. And like I said, it's keeping him from the things that he really wants to do. There are people that have come after him and that are doing more and less, to me, in my mind, less talented. But because he chooses to do business this way, it's 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 really... It's been holding him back and it will continue to hold him back. Anyone who saw that documentary of him doing the process for the uh, tour by, oh, Behind the Curtain, that documentary. Yeah, it's on to, Netflix. You get a little bit of insight about how he handles business and, like, he's just not, he's, he's a more creative person, creative mind. And that doesn't always mean that you have the, um, the business have acumen the to make sure people get paid on time. Exactly. And that to exactly. make sure that the tour schedule is set and that, you know, exactly. props are where and they I need to I be. I said, ma'am, you can't do that. You can't do that. And so... Just focus on the uh, music, girl. Yeah. Ooh, child. Ooh, child. Okay. Um, okay. The last thing I have, we're going to get into one of my celebrity booze in my head. Let's talk about it because I think okay. Tre Trevor Noah to... Honey, I said, if Trevor Noah ever looked my way, hey... Hey no, Trevor, really, he's not looking. He's not your type. Oh he's not his type, no, I'm not his that. type. Yeah, clearly. So, so the first the first bit of news is that Trevor Noah and Dua Lipa were spotted getting real co cozy, <laughs> real cozy, and spotted kissing and stuff. And so now rumors oh, are swirling that they may be dating, and that's a good look. I love that for both of them. I think mm -hmm. that's perfect. If, I, if they like it, I love it. I'm not mad at that at all. I like Dua Lipa. I like Trevor Noah. Uh, Trevor's a little bit older than her. Dua Lipa's only like 27. Trevor's like 35, 36, 37. So something like that. So yeah. a little bit of an age gap, but that ain't never stopped nobody. So I'm, I'm here for it. What do you think? 
Uh, sure. <laughs> I I think he could do better than Dua Lipa, but oh really? I mean, I think that there are some really dope actresses that I would love to see him with. Some dope singers, some people that I would have loved to see him kind of maybe cozy up to uh, before Dua Lipa. But you find love where you find love, and so hey, good for them. I if if I don't know what it is, you know, I didn't say just, it ain't love. It's just they were like just spotted out. Point. They were just spotted out. You know, having dinner and you know you got to meet people. Get me, you know. So yeah, why not go for it? I mean, he's about to have a lot of time on his hands anyway. So, which brings me to my next point about Trevor is that he's stepping down from the Daily Show after seven years. Yeah, um, he took over for John Stewart, and he is stepping down from the Daily Show. Uh, they don't really quite say why. He kind of did a statement at the end of one of his shows this past week, saying that he would be stepping down. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do now with the Daily Show. Um, I'm not. I don't think the ratings have been stellar compared to some of the other late night TV shows. But I will say he is one of only two black people who have a late night TV show because Amber Ruffin yeah. has her show on NBC um, and yeah. then Trevor Noah, which was on Comedy Central. And they're the only two black people in late night. And so yeah. that's unfortunate to lose one of those slots. But I'm sure he Trevor's a comedian at heart. And so I'm sure he'll probably want to get back to doing stand up and maybe some other projects. I'm sure he'll be able oh, yeah, to I'm do. I'm sure he's got some other stuff lined up. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be able to do so much more um, because he was on The Daily Show and stuff like that. But I'm sad to see him go, but I'm also excited to see what he's got coming up next because I do really like Trevor. And I was excited when he got named as the new host. And so I guess we'll see what happens now. Yeah, I think it's I think the Daily Show for him probably has run its course. It did what it was supposed to do. It's really put him on a global platform. Um, and so now that he has what he's gotten, what now that he's got what he's needed from that show, I think he'll be I think he'll be good. Um who knows who they'll bring into this. I would love to see another woman um come into late night and to be given the uh, support needed to be able to thrive uh, in the landscape. So uh, I think that, that I think that that would be really cool. I'm not sure if there is. Some people have been talking about like, oh, another black comedian should replace him. I'm not sure who I would put in that spot. Do you have anybody that comes to your mind? Um, not right off of the top of my head. I would need to think about it. I do want to read his yeah. statement really quickly, though. What he said. Okay. He said, I realize there's another part of my life that I want to live, that I want to carry on exploring. He said, um, he also said, I miss learning other languages. I miss going to other countries and putting on shows. I miss just being everywhere, doing everything. And so he wants to get back out into the world and travel and go on tour and stuff. As far as another, as far as a replacement, I can absolutely see a black woman in that slot um yeah. i'm gonna float a name to you and you tell me what you think you ready for this go ahead lay it on me what do you think about amanda seals she is knowledgeable enough of the world's events to carry a show like that she's also a comedian and she has a podcast where she has all of these great interviews and stuff like that anyway. 
What are your thoughts? I actually, I'm not mad at that. I think that this would be a good way, because I'm not really sure to be, and this is me being completely honest, I'm not sure exactly how knowledgeable she is of events outside of just like, you know, race, racial stuff, but... Mm -hmm. This would be, if she is, this would be a really good time to showcase that and flex that. You know, she had a little time on the reel, so she knows she's had that experience. experience. So I think that could be good. I'm not mad at that uh, option. I will also say this. I don't really watch The Daily Show. I I I used to. I don't anymore. John Oliver has been kicking everybody in late night's ass. Let me tell I love Last Week Tonight. So... I think, yeah, it's um, hmm, it's it's tough, but yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that uh, that choice, that option. If I think of any others, I'll come back start to you a later hashtag, in the show. Get a hashtag, get a campaign going. Well, I want to I want to lay out a few candidates. So let me think throughout no, the no, show, no. and I then think I'll bring we them should, up. I think we should put all of our support behind Amanda Seals. Um, reach out to her, see if she wants it, and then yeah, we'll. I do want to say, on. does she even want to do it? Yeah. Hashtag Amanda Seals for Daily Show. Um, So that's all I have for Wu Child. Well, I want to talk about the opening clip that we had of today's show. Oh, yes. uh, Between Tamron Hall and Kim Burrell. So earlier this week on the Tamron Hall show, Kim Burrell came on to talk about her name that's been in the news recently for controversial remarks uh, made while she was in church. So for those who don't know, Kim Burrell recently went viral talking... um, on the mic, I'm not exactly at whose church she was at. I'm not sure at whose church she was visiting, but Doesn't matter. she made several comments about uh, people being broke, people being ugly. You know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to go into everything that she said. It seemed to me that she was just kind of talking like, you know, off the cuff. Um, and what, what she came on or what I think the idea was for her to kind of come on and was to kind of save face on the Tamron Hall show, was to explain herself, be heard, so that she can move on from this. Well, that didn't actually happen. So what she started to do was she started to actually pick and point out people in the gospel industry that she thought she that she thought were her friends. Um, and went as far as to name a few. One of those people that she named was Yolanda Adams. Um, now, this would have been all well and good, and this would have just been like a little hot take, ooh, little juicy session, but Tamron Hall said, no, baby, not today and not on We're not the doing show. that here. Um, and quickly, I mean, quickly let her know and shut it down that what we're not going to do on this show was uh, talk about my friend Yolanda Adams, who is my friend, and I'm also from Texas as well. What I thought was so interesting about this is that, he, I mean immediately Tamron since where the where the interview was going yeah absolutely like, that's not what this is about I yeah. want if you wanted to clear up anything that you had said but I'm not gonna let you talk about someone who I, who is also a friend to me a dear friend to me um, yeah. Yolanda Adams what were your thoughts on this I, I think she I think Tamron handled it perfectly I think that's exactly she wasn't rude she wasn't like it was a nice nasty it was like look so she was like well let me put my cards on the table Yolanda's also a really good friend of mine. I am also from Texas. So that's not what we're about to do on this interview. Like, 
please, by all means, if there's anything that you want to clear up the air about your remarks or your comments or how you feel, but we're not here to pick and part and, and call out specific people. That's not what this platform is about. I thought she did it very classy. It was, I, I mean, it was just how quickly it happened. Yeah. And I think Kimberrell received the message loud and clear. Loud and clear. As soon as she said, I'm for text. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, moving on. So it was just like, it was, it was just a nice little, like I said, just like a nice little nugget uh, that I love. And so I've been, I've been playing that clip all week. No, I think she handled it well. And I mean, I would say good luck to Kimberrell, but she could kick rocks because she said a lot of things about the gay community too that I don't agree with. So I don't and I care. I think that I think for me, and this kind of goes back to Rachel Dolezal. This this is this also applies to Kimberrell um, as well as as others. I I mean, I might even argue and say that Todrick Hall is in this game as well. I think that people know how to leverage media um, and how to kind of keep their name out there. Um, relevant so exactly and so i think that that's what this was an attempt to do uh kimberell obviously knows that yolanda adams has a lot of love out there outside of tamron hall like yolanda adams is like you know next to shirley caesar one of the queens of gospel um and so she has you know she has a lot of love out there a lot of supporters and so um this was just one more controversial thing for her to put in her portfolio of um ridiculous ridiculous commentary so yeah i cannot very much um I, all right i think it's time for us to take a break marcus Let's and when do we it. come back we will do our spotlight shows of the week i will be covering rupaul's secret celebrity drag race which uh, i saw the finale covering? of child we're going to talk about all of that uh momentarily and and I'm covering Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. Oh, we are damn sure going to talk about that. All right. Well, when we come back. <laughs> All right. It is time for our spotlight shows of the week. This week, I am covering RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race. That's right. Move over, Dancing with the Stars. There's another celebrity talent competition in town. RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race takes the genre to new heights in its newest iteration of the popular franchise. They invited nine celebrities to come dress up in drag with a drag mentor and learn about the different aspects of drag performance. Um, we have... I'll go, we'll go into the cast in just a little bit, but Marcus, I know you've been watching this as well. Um, first things first, jumping right in. We have seen Celebrity Drag Race before. They, I think they had two seasons of this prior. Um, I think it was just so, one, Secret Celebrity Drag Race. No, no, no. Or oh, I'm just saying no, celebrity. Just celebrity Drag Race, yeah. Celebrity Drag Race. I think it was just one so season. Seen, is it just one? I thought it was I think two, it was just one. but they've had Celebrity Drag Race now. Uh, but this was the first time that they've actually, we started the season with the celebrities actually being anonymous, uh, which was a whole brand new different aspect to this. And they've taken it from the regular um, stage that it's filmed on, which is the usual drag race for, uh, stage from the original franchise, and have put it in front of a live studio audience. 
Uh, so it's many very mass singer, the mass singer. So many changes, but very close to what you would see as like a mass singer, a dancing with the stars, mm-hmm. um, any of those other celebrity talent competition shows. Marcus, what were your initial thoughts? So I had been watching. I so I've not been like sitting down and watching the full show. I've been catching it through clips and performances. Um, one of the biggest things I really liked were the Queen Supremes. I love that Monet and Brooklyn and Juju had their moments and kind of like were the comic relief and stuff like that. I loved that. And then I caught some of the performances. Um, there was definitely one person I was rooting for more than the other, but I, I'll let you get into it and then I'll share my thoughts that way. Got it. So uh, let's get into the cast. So we have AJ McLean. Who was popular Which I was surprised, back- who did very uh, well. Right. Uh, so AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Uh, Tatiana Ali, who you might remember as Ashley from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mark Indelicato, who I remember as a, I don't know as her. a kid from Ugly Betty. Uh, I don't uh, know her. Did you ever watch Ugly Betty? I did, but I don't remember him. Oh, he was the... Um, so... He was the effeminate young kid. Uh, I think it's like Betty's. Like, oh, cousin her brother. Yes, uh, Got that it. Uh, played in the show. So that's Mark. That was Mark. Kevin McHale, who you everybody remembers from. Glee. You know that show Glee. The same them cover songs and stuff. You know that show Glee. Uh, what they do the cover songs? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Daniel Francesi, who is from uh, people mostly remember from Mean Girls, but she doesn't I even go here. Him, and I loved him in Looking. Uh, oh, yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Jenna, Damian, another Glee not... alum. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, I was just saying I remember him from Looking. That's That was really yeah. enjoyed him from that. Jenna Ushkowitz, who's another Glee alum as Disha well, Glee. Uh, right there with Kevin. Uh, an original Queer Eye cast member, Tom Felicia, uh, who I think he was the style guru. Oh, no, 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 no. He did interior design. Yeah, because Carson was a style no. guru. Yeah, he did. He did interior design on the very first uh, season of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Gotcha. So that's where people would remember him from. And then, of course, Taylor Dane, "Tell It to My Heart," uh, "Love Will Lead You Back," um, soup. You know, large American singer songwriter from uh, most popular. I think like during like the eighties, early eighties. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and then last but certainly not least, um, everyone's favorite black auntie, Loretta Devine, uh, joined the cast as well. I, what I, my first thoughts about this, Marcus, was this was so intense um, of a season for the, the cast that had, to, that had to put this on. They had live performances every week uh, mm. that the show was going on that they had to have choreographed. They had to have a look. They had to, you know, they're rehearsing with all of these dancers. It's very different from what we've seen from Celebrity Drag Race in the past. I, I think, you know, they'll come there for like maybe, what, a day uh, and co- or maybe a day or two and come, you know, hang out with the mentor for a little bit, get their makeup done and then go on stage and perform. But this show really brought in almost every aspect of the original franchise. They had to perform. They had to lip sync for their lives. They had to do the snatch game. All of these these big, large pieces that we know real drag queens are actually doing, these celebrities are now having to do. I didn't know how I was going to take that at first because you're basically asking someone 
who has not done or performed drag before to kind of perform at this very high level of drag. But I think a lot of them did stand up to the challenge. I, I, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised with a lot of them coming out so um, ferocious and so confident as they were. Tatiana Ali was a huge. Tatiana Ali was a huge standout for me um, this season. I think was probably someone that maybe might have been a dark horse. I wasn't immediately looking at her, but what by the end she was my she was my winner. Did you so have anybody she, that stood out to you? That's what I was going to say. Tatiana Lee was my winner. She yeah. was, I guess, spoiler alert, she did not win. She made it to the final three, but like, I, I was rooting for her. I really wanted her to yeah. win. I, um, yeah, I really, I really did enjoy her. Um, I think AJ McLean, of course, did a great job. I mean, of um, course. As, as Poppy Love. I mean, he's a performer, natural performer on the stage and is very comfortable on the stage. I don't think that he was able to fully get out of his body and bring enough of the uh, femininity, femininity to, yeah, yeah, of, of of the character of Poppy Love that he wanted to portray. I think it, sometimes he he wanted to be sexy, but he couldn't quite get there. Um, what did you think of the final three? Was that your final three? So in the final three for the finale, we had Poppy Love, who was AJ McLean, Chakra Seven also known as Tatiana Ali, and Thirsty Von Trapp, who was Mark and Delicato from Ugly Betty. I would have liked to have seen uh, uh, Daniel Farisi, is that his name? Yeah, Prince Aisy. I would have liked to have seen him. He had a really huge following. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. Like I said. I thought Chick-fil-A belonged in the final three rather than um, Thirsty Von Trapp. So when I'm and Chick Fil A is who uh, Kevin McHale is, the guy from yeah. Glee. Uh, yeah. I thought he should have been in the top three rather than Thirsty Von Trapp. Thirsty to me was a, wanting to be so sexual and wanting to be so out there that it just didn't come across as um, none of her performances came out as as nearly as well thought out or as methodical as someone like Tatiana Ali who had you know, all of these hidden meanings and things yeah. within her actual performances. Um, the finale is what really took me to another level and let me know that, okay, wow, this is this is a full-on season of Drag Race because it was the basically the same format as a regular season of finale. They had um, messages from, you know, friends and family. They had friends mm -hmm. and family in the seats. It was like a full thing. I thought that that was super interesting. Um, and it kind of surprised me that they were going this, this you know, far out with... I mean, they got to tie it back into the original show. franchise. Uh, no, I totally get that. It just hadn't been done before in other versions of the Celebrity Drag Race. Um, it, I, I want to give like hats off to the entire cast because when you think about the work that goes into it, um, these people put a lot of work in. You know, well, and if you're doing the show, the, the show, I think we had um, maybe like eight or nine episodes, like for eight or nine weeks. This is a this is quite a lot that you're putting on yourself, on your body uh, as well. I, I will say this. I think so. So I have a few thoughts about just the show in general and what I've seen. I think you hit the nail on the head with this. This is a mashup of Dancing with the Stars and The Masked Singer. It, it's taking yeah. both of those things. 
Um, and it's a reality competition. So I, I'm not surprised that like they went this route. I also think that they got so much flack from the first celebrity drag race and how terrible it was that they had to do a complete redo, a complete overhaul, which I'm glad they did because I think this will probably stick. There will definitely be another season of this. And because, I mean, it was, it was legit. It was legit. It was professionally done. All of the girls looked great. The Queen Supremes RuPaul looked great. Looked amazing. Who did RuPaul's dresses? I know that couldn't have been Zaldi doing Zaldi. those dresses. Zaldi does all of her dresses. Now, those dresses looked very different from what we see on the on the regular show. Would you agree? I felt like all of those dresses looked very different from what we usually get from her. So I was like, is this yeah. Zaldi or or not? Um I loved every dress that RuPaul wore. This, this. Maybe she was just going for like a new look or something like that. And so I, I'm, I can't yeah, say for sure love, if Zaldi did her stuff, but it looked great. I also another thing I wanted to say. I got so I got two more things. So the other thing I wanted to say is very interesting because a lot of the Glee kids are on a lot of these reality shows. Because if you don't know, Amber Riley, quiet as is kept, not quiet as is kept. She's on the new season of Mass Singer right Spoiler now. Spoiler alert. Well, I mean, it's not a spoiler alert. Everybody knows, like, as soon as she opened her mouth to sing, everybody was like, girl, that's Amber Riley. Like, what? And so baby, she's on the new Kiki season. Palmer. Huh? I said, baby, this is Kiki Palmer. <laughs> and so I thought that was very interesting. And then one of the things that, th that I didn't like, and this is going to sound really controversial, but I'm going to back it up with the following statement. I, to me, they can do away with Snatch Game on this particular see on this particular series i don't think it's okay. needed um i would follow that up by saying that in general on like the original on any other season of drag race i am honestly not a huge fan of snatch game i really love the musical challenges the musical challenges are by far probably my favorite but i'm not that huge like is snatch game fun and when it's done right and people are good at it great but i i get a lot of secondhand embarrassment from a lot of these girls who are just are not comedians and are not, you no, know, funny is not in their game. repertoire. When, when it's when it's done right, Snatch Game is really it's yeah, like Jinx Monsoon I laughed it's my ass really off, good. like amazingly done. When it when it's done right, it's really really good. And you know, I think I I I, I think if people done away with it, just completely done away with it, the fandom would riot and well, of course, you know, there would be issues. So. I don't know if I could say that, but the challenge that I wasn't as impressed with, to be honest, was when they brought, um, they did the duets week with the drag queens. I was, was not drama. impressed with that. So, and there was some drama I, I hear backstage with Violet Chachki and Got Mick, but I think overall that that episode was not as impressive as it could be, um, just because I felt like the you already have a mentor there, and then you bring in someone else to kind of start to do a to do a duet performance with. And none of the performances that week really, I felt like, showcased anything new uh, with these drag queens that are coming on to kind of, you know, help these girls get, you know, get get the crown. So I'm was it Katia? And I can't remember who she performed with, but I was just, I remember watching it and I'm just like, wow, why is she doing this? Um, so that episode I felt like could be touched up a little bit. 
I don't know if I would get rid of Snatch Game. Maybe I would do a different iteration of Snatch Game. You know how they've it's done something it, like else. dating show, something something different. Um, and oh, what I do love and what I think that they should keep, uh, <laughs> the Tic Tac lunch of the finale was of was really nice, and I think that I gave um it gave these people a, we got to get a little bit more insight into who they were. Uh, so the winner of Secret Celebrity Drag Race was Poppy Love. Uh, AJ McLean won $100,000 for a charity. So Oh, they got uh, money. Yeah, and it I think it was uh, a, a, a trans youth uh, charity um, that actually uh, that, that money is going to be donated to. So that's great, great to hear. But overall, I thought it was it was definitely larger, larger than life and way more than what I expected it to be. Uh, it's called for, budget uh, for Drag Race. Yeah, so definitely the budget is there, and RuPaul budget. looked great. So, but yeah, uh, overall, I, like I said, I'm sure they'll have another season, and I'm sure it'll be even bigger and better with more, uh, more star known stars Who to, would you to love continue to see the trend on, on this show. As as if this is the way it's going to be done now, moving in the future. Who would you love to see on the show? Gosh, secret celebrity drag race. I don't know. I mean, I would be, I would be, I, I would, I love the surprise. Like, I think that this cast was a good mix of like people that we know, people that are maybe not as well known, or people getting back into the spotlight. So, I mean, I would be open. I would love to see. Yeah, I have a couple of people in mind that I think could be really at least really interesting to kind of go out there and do something fun um first off being the uh the beautiful and uh very sexy Dylon Burnside who people might know from Pose as Ricky is it Dylon you know or I mean? Dylan I say Dylon it looks like Dylon it's like and don't he pronounce like D Y L L O N I think it's Dylon, right? I thought it was Dylan Burnside. But that also might be my making the band uh, coming Dylan. out. That's what Dylon, that's what I thought. Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. <laughs> Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. I don't know, but I thought it was Dylon. But the guy, Ricky from Pose, I think yeah. would be amazing on this he would show. Do well. And I think he would like, I, I just think he would kill it. He has the dance ability um, and can kind of, he can bring that femininity um, in, in, into his body. So I think, I think he would be great. I got somebody, as soon as he's done with Dancing with the Stars, I would like to see Wayne Brady. Wayne, come back. I would like to see Wayne Brady on Secret Celebrity Drag Race. I think he would do yeah, well. Yeah, now he's done drag before. So that yeah, wouldn't be a big, I said. It would, it, yeah, it wouldn't be a big jump for him because he has done, he's toured as a drag queen before. Um, and he's kinky done Kinky Boots, boots so. hasn't he? Well, that's what I mean. He's toured as Kinky oh, Boots. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. So, like, he's, so he's done drag before. So he, that wouldn't be a big uh, jump for him. At all, I could see so. him being on there. Okay, well, that is uh, RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race. If you want to catch it, I'm sure you can find it on um, on Paramount. VH1. Uh, I'm sure or it's Paramount. on Paramount. I think it's on Paramount Plus. I don't know. It aired you know, on VH1. Territorial. But on they get real territorial about these. So, um, but VH1 is where uh, where you could probably stream it if you have DVR or um, or, or whatever you have. When we come back, Marcus, you're going to do your spotlight show of the week? Yes, we're going to talk about Monster, the Jeffrey yeah, Dahmer series, and baby, I have some thoughts. So right. we'll cover it right after the break.
What's up, everybody? We are back, and it is time for my TV show spotlight of the week. So I'm just let's just cut to the chase. Let's cut to the chase. Let's get into it. Um, first off, everybody has been talking about Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer series. Yeah. Have you had a chance to watch the entire season, or no, what have I, you watched? I've watched. I watched the first and the second episode. Um, I had to take a little break um from understandable it. The show is a lot uh and so i just i think the so yes to answer your question i've only watched the first two episodes no word yet on if i'll be finishing the series but um but yeah so uh, let me break it down for you and i'm gonna tell you what you should do because this is what i did so Girl. i watched the first four episodes um, well, I, let me put it like this. I watched the first three episodes and I was like, okay, what am I watching? I'm feeling a little triggered. This is a little disturbing. And so then I watched half of four and then I went to the descriptions of the episodes and then I went and wa- I skipped episode five and six because I was what? done right. watching black boys be killed. And then I watched right. episode seven and eight. Episode seven and eight are the ones you need to watch. Episode seven is Niecy Nash's episode. Very, very well done. Very, very well done. I'm very proud of her. I believe she deserves an Emmy nomination for that episode. As a guest actor or whatever, it's very well done. I, you should absolutely watch it. Um, so I was in. Episodes. I was. Huh? So you just skipped over some episodes. Well, I'm going to tell you why. Let, let me explain. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Um, I, I was very livid after watching episode seven. I was very mad, very, very mad. Mm-hmm. Um, this series is a little perplexing to me. As you can see that I've, the things that I've written down in here, I am a little concerned as to why this series was even greenlit or made. Um, what I have, the reason why I skipped around is because after watching the majority there's 10 episodes and i've watched the majority of them the emphasis was on making jeffrey or to me from my perspective and i think a lot of people that agree with me the emphasis was on making jeffrey dahmer a sympathetic or empathetic character which is a no it's a non-starter for me from the gate an absolute non-starter from the gate we focus a lot on his issues as a child and his senior year of high school when he killed his first person all the way up until he was 31. But it makes it seem as though the reason why he was doing this was because he was struggling with his sexuality. Fuck that. Fuck all of that. Because number one, being gay is not going to have you out here chopping motherfuckers up and putting them in your freezer fridge and keeping skulls and heads and all of that. No. No, 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 no. Like, I was, I, that, that's what makes me extremely mad about this. But then also, let's just go through, I, I, and before I start jumping around, let me give you the basics like I always give you. We, let's talk about the main cast. The main cast has some notables um, Evan Peters, Nisi Nash Betts, Molly Ringwald is in this, which I didn't recognize yeah. her until I like actually looked and I was like, oh, that is Molly. Good for you, I guess, for booking some gigs. And um, Richard Jenkins, who plays uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's dad, that was not a shady comment, but I've just not seen Molly in a lot of things, and so it was good to see her in something. Why are you over here laughing? 
<laughs> um, the plot and story arcs. And as I go through these, you kind of tell me what your thoughts are. The first one, like I said, centered the one of the main plots is just centered around Dahmer's life in general. But what I didn't like was the fact that they tried to steer this in a way to make you feel some type of sympathy or empathy for him. And I didn't like that. Did you get any of that from watching the first couple of episodes? Um, I saw from, so I think, yeah, they may have touched briefly on some like family stuff, um, maybe in the first or second episode, but I will also say, I don't know if people are just now coming around to the fact of the Jeffrey Dahmer story. His story's been out there. There's, I don't know if there was anything super new that came out of, um, so that that yeah that super like that was new that came out about Jeffrey Dahmer's like upbringing like we knew he no. had a shitty childhood and i don't think that that's the reason why people are upset yeah you're you're absolutely right there's nothing new but it's just the way that it was framed the way that it was framed was a little upsetting to me i don't upsetting was a little side eye. It was side eye to me. I would yeah. say I've definitely side eye. I would have much rather seen a series that revolved around um, the neighbors and their experiences living next to him or by yeah. him, and of course the victims and their families. There was an episode that episode seven with Nisi's character that is basically from her point of view. Um, the the actual neighbor her her name was uh cleveland uh, what's her first name glendora huh what was it glendora what was it what was her name i think it was glinda cleveland glinda yeah glinda or glendora something like that yeah so they they did the episode from her perspective as as of everything that has happened throughout the season. And so we just get to see what she was doing as all of these events were happening throughout the season. Very disturbing, number one. But what really kind of like unsettled me is that they show this one boy whose name was Dean, who like moved into the building and got killed. And I just, I was like, okay, I I will not be, I I was like, I don't don't need to watch any more of this. I found it very tough to watch, and I'll tell you where I stopped. Why I why I stopped watching um, was the uh, the death of the fourteen year old. Um, yeah, the Loatian so boy. The 14, yeah. So when he killed the fourteen year old, that's when I was like, okay, I think I'm good on this. Um, I don't know if I need to go back and like relive, you know, certain things like that. I well, I will say. From the first episode, we get to go over the um, the basically the one who got away, Tracy Edwards, who was yeah. the um, victim who was able to actually like get away and brought cops to Jeffrey Dahmer's house. And I think what really kind of grounded this for me was I watched the YouTube clip of his court testimony. Yeah, did you see that clip? Mm-hmm. And oh, I did a lot of really research. That just really, um, I don't know. It may—I I just felt very. It made me feel very weird about the about this entire project because you can obviously see this man who has been traumatized from what went on in that apartment, 
And yeah. that paired with the um that paired with this young this young kid that ends up getting killed in the series as well. Um it's it's really hard. I one of the things that I feel like one of the plots or story arcs that I felt like that they were trying to talk about and trying to like really um amplify was just how fucked up these cops were. So we're gonna get to that. Absolutely. We're absolutely gonna get that, to that because that was just that was a huge component of this and like why he was able to do what he did for mm-hmm. so long. The uh so the the Tracy boy that got away, I looked him up. He has not had a good life. He has had a very no, hard he's life. Not, he's, yeah, he has been in, in and uh, out jail. of jail or prison and been arrested multiple times. And I could imagine, like after Charged after experiencing such a traumatizing event like this, he got no help. Therapy wasn't a thing back then, so I mean, like the cops didn't do anything to make sure that he got the help that he needed after experiencing something like that. And so it is. A, it's a, his. His story is a very sad story. I think he's still alive from what I read, but just looking alive. at his life. All the stories life, are sad, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very like, sad. It's very, yeah, it's really... And then the 14-year-old really boy who was watch. the Loatian boy, like, that whole thing is what really, like, I guess, put the national spotlight because, not number one, his brother had already had an Been encounter abused, with yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer and had pictures taken. And then yep. the boy came because he was like, oh, my brother said that you got paid. And then he escaped. And then the police took him back to Dahmer's right. apartment. And um, is, it, is it Glenda Cleveland? What's her first name? Glenda. Glenda. And Glenda was the one who called the police and like, are you all sure this boy is of age? Because he looks like a child. So we yeah. should... Is there been some identification or some like have we gone have we gone and done a house check and see if he is okay and like yep. called the police multiple times to no to no avail and and when you watch episode seven you see how many times she called the police and was like hey somebody needs to come and check somebody needs to come That's do not something. Right. I also found out she didn't live in in reality while in the series, they played it like she lived next door. She didn't live in the same building as Jeffrey Dahmer. She lived in an adjacent building, but the smell was so bad that everyone in the adjacent building and the building that he was in smelt it. And she was the one who saw all of these young men coming in with him and was the whistleblower on all of this to begin with. And the most infuriating part of all of this is that even when Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested, the police never fucking spoke to her or interviewed her or did anything about asking her questions about what was going on. It took damn Jesse Jackson to come in and really give her her moment to like really unveil what it is that was happening in this building like when i tell you i was so infuriated i was like this is and you wonder why people of color have such a mistrust of the police you wonder why all of these like the fact that jeffrey dahmer kept getting chance after chance after chance after chance not only from his family but from the police and people taking his side and believing him over any black people or any people of color 
Like, it blows my mind. It infuriates me. And that's why I was like, I can't, what's the point of watching this? Like, I I can't sit here and watch these black boys just get unceremoniously killed by this white man and nobody do anything about it. Especially when a lot of these boys were you and I's age. Like, the age range, despite the 14-year-old, was like mid to late 20s up until mid-30s. And it's like... It's infuriating. And so I'm this this whole show just it didn't sit well with me. I, I watched as much as I could, but then I was just like, was the acting I tried to put take off my like my personal feelings about it and was the acting good? The acting was great. Like Evan Peters definitely did what he needed to do in the role. Nisi did and his dad did and Molly, Molly Ringwald, like very good, very well done. But just the whole point of this, it just infuriates me. The other reason why I would say that you need to watch episode seven is because Janet Mock wrote it. So it was it was very, 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 very well done, I thought. Um, what other thoughts do you have? Um, I don't know if I have any other thoughts. I like I said, I think um there was just a huge, there was just a lot that's been said about this in the press too. And people are clearly having reactions. Celebrities are having reactions and making comments about it. And um, it sparked, it sparked some conversation. It's definitely sparked some conversation. So if that's what it was, you know, intended to do, then hats off, but it's, it's highly traumatic. Um, And I'm usually someone, I'm usually someone who can like watch stuff. I watch a lot of true crime. I watch a lot of, you know, I watch a lot of different things, but um, one of the most profound things was, you know, making these, the families of the victims relive this stuff is just kind of effed up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, some stats. It is the most watched Netflix show since Stranger Things season four premiered. So it is number one. Uh the family has spoken out and they are upset about it. And uh, Netflix, so Robert much so that Netflix or... had to remove their LGBTQ tag from it, which I'm, why in the fuck would you put that on there to begin with? Wait, whose family is upset? The, 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 the family members of the victims. Okay, got it. Are upset. And so Netflix had to remove the LGBTQ tag from it. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, why would you even put that on there? Like, again, it's perpetuating the, oh, this is a gay show. No, nigga, this is not a gay show. This is a white man killing gay boys. So I don't, I'm so irritated. Like, it just, I'm over it. I would say, if you want to watch it and check out a couple of episodes, I would say watch episode seven, watch episode eight, maybe watch episode one just to kind of get a basis. But you don't need to watch all 10. 10 episodes was far too much. Far too much. I think it's we didn't the, need the 10 way episodes. That the, uh, the way that at least the first two episodes were structured, it's just, yeah, it, it's kind of just taking you through basically what happens to these men as soon as once they enter the apartment. Um, and so for that hour, it's you are on pins and needles just trying to figure out exactly are they going to be able to get out? Are they going to be OK? I mean, we all know that they're not. But um, h- how how it happens is, um, yeah, really. Uh, really I can't hear you. I need you to speak up for me. <laughs> You've it's got no really, audio level. Really tough to watch. Is my uh, can you you don't see anything? You don't hear anything? 
Now I can. Hello? Yeah. Hello. I can hear you now. Okay. So yeah, it's it's just it's Yeah, if you can get through it, more power to you. And that's the key word. If you can get through it. Yeah. Um that's all I have. It's very ugh, Let's move on. Let's go to break. I I need a break. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be right back with fizz or flat. All right, and we are back. It is time for our signature segment of this podcast, Fizz or Flat. This is the part of the show where Marcus and I get to go over the top pop culture moments of the week and give them a fizz if we're feeling them or a flat Flat if if we're we're not. So what we're going to start with this week is I want to give a quick and huge shout out to Taylor Hale, who is the first black woman to to win uh, Big Brother. Uh, in its 24th season, mind Isn't you. that wild? It's crazy. Wild. But, um, it is a huge victory for um, for Taylor Hill, who's 27 years old, um, and I think was the fan favorite all throughout this, uh, all throughout she was. Uh, the show. I had seen lots of posts on Instagram and on social media. TikTok. Uh, that have basically championing her throughout this entire thing, and in an eight to one vote. She uh, was the the winner of this series. So big, huge shout out to her. She was also uh, Miss Michigan USA. So a beauty queen at that. Um, and really excited to see her uh, have this milestone. It's a total fizz for me. I saw some TikToks that, that put a compilation of all of the microaggressions that all of the other housemates had against her. And she just oh, I'm sure. let it roll off her back. She was like, I'm going to continue being nice and playing my game. And it was so weird watching all of these white people try to come after her and then immediately get axed off the show. And I'm like, that's what you get. Karma. Karma. Yeah, they were, they were not having it. Um, it's, I, I mean, I love to see this as well as, because we have Taylor who's won. Uh, we had the cookout who also did well in the previous season of Big Brother. And so I'm glad to see us um, getting our just due, even though it's now in the 24th season. But shout 24 out. 24 seasons. And a huge fizz to Taylor Hale. Fizz, fizz, fizz. Um, I wanted to just give a huge fizz. We finally, for all you MCU Marvel superhero fans, we got our announcement. Deadpool 3 is coming, and Hugh Jackman will be reprising his role as Wolverine. Mm. So this was huge news that dropped this week because we've been waiting on the Deadpool 3 announcement because they are supposed to be integrating him into the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe now. And if Hugh Jackman is going to be a part, that means mutants and X-Men are not too far behind. So I just wanted to shout that out. A huge fizz. It's supposed to, the movie's supposed to premiere in 2024, I believe. And so we will be on the lookout for that. It's a fizz for me. All right. Uh, we are heading to New York and want to give a huge shout out to Solange Knowles, who is now um, adding composer to her resume uh, for the New York City Ballet. Uh, that's right. So the singer recently did her first original mm-hmm. score for the New York City Ballet's Fashion Fall Gala, um, making her, I think, the second black female composer I to produce so, yeah. work for the City Ballet, um, which is, I mean, bringing us to a whole brand new um genre and bringing you know bringing more people of color to the 
to the ballet world. I love that she was able to do this. Um, I think Sarah Jessica is like on the board of this of the the New York City Ballet, and they decided that they really wanted um, to bring Solange on to do this to do this original score. Um, it's the tenth anniversary of the Fashion Fog of the of the gala, so they really wanted to do it big. Uh, I saw the clip of Beyonce and and Tina Knowles that were just cheering Solange on, and um, it, it, it's it's just nice to see us branching out and her, you know, just adding more and more to to her resume. I love that fizz, huge fizz, total fizz. Um, another superhero news: Armor Wars was a Disney Plus show that was supposed to be taking place uh, as a TV series, but it has now been. Um, upgraded to an actual feature film. A lot of the creators and producers and Kevin Feige said that they didn't feel as though a TV series did justice to the story that they were trying to tell. And so Rhodey is coming to the big screen. So Don Cheadle, um, get that check, honey. Get that bag. Um, Paul Bettany will also be reprising his role as White Vision in the movie, the now movie, instead of a TV series as well. And so I'm very excited to see how they transition this. This must mean that it's a big story to be told if it's going to be on the big screen now. And so I'm excited for all of those involved. But that also gets a big fist for me. Yeah. Um, your boo, Jonathan Majors, uh, has been in recent talks and negotiations to play Dennis Rodman in I would in, like to see it. Biopic. Um, so there's been a project uh, that has been talking about Dennis Rodman and focusing mainly on the NBA Finals in 1998, where Dennis Rodman spent 48 hours of that, that time in Las Vegas. Uh, this was heavily featured in uh, the Last Dance documentary when they were yeah. talking about this. Michael Jordan talks about it and recalls his experience of uh, going to Vegas and trying to get uh, Dennis Rodman to come back with Carmen Electra. And um, Jonathan Majors has been, yeah, signed on to now to to. Well, he, I won't say he's signed on, but he's he is in talks. He's in negotiations to make this happen. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? This was not my first choice for Dennis Rodman, but what do you think? I could see it. I could definitely see it because they they definitely favor each other. You you know, I'm a strong nose connoisseur. And Dennis has a strong nose, just like Jonathan Majors does. And so they definitely favor each other. I could see this because I'm trying to picture Jonathan with the green or the blonde hair and the designs yeah, in it. I was just like, who? I, I, I mean, I think the first thing was the huge height difference is what kind of like took me out of it. But um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, this, probably not my first choice. Who would be your first choice? I I would have to go back and look and and think about some some tall actors who I I mean, I mean they Robin may not all huge. be tall but then I mean Dennis Rodman is huge like they can cheat He's that like stuff He's like 6 7 can you I hear know me? Dennis was that tall but they can cheat that on camera I mean I don't think that's I mean they deal. can cheat it on camera but like I mean that's quite a that's quite a difference <laughs> That's we'll get an apple box. Um, I I don't know uh who I would pick, but I he's not the first name that came to mind. So um we'll see. Yeah, but I, I mean obviously you're here for it. I'm I'm here for it. It's a fizz. Hmm. Uh, okay. 
What else do I got? Oh, I watched. Um, le- I want to just give a big shout out to the cast of Hocus Pocus Two. I watched that last night. Well, not last. I watched that Friday night. Oh, I was surprised. I, it was well done. It was nostalgic. It was fun. It didn't take itself too seriously. It didn't try to be anything that it wasn't supposed to be, and it didn't step on anything from the original. I was I was pleasantly surprised, and it's an all female cast, like nothing but women, and I loved it. I loved every oh, wow. moment of it. Um, there were some elements that they took out. Obviously, Billy came back, but he had a very small role. And then, um, what's his name? James. He was in uh, your show. The guy you you know who I'm talking about. The show with Tiffany Haddish, where she was like the police detective. Oh, you're talking about um, the after party. And the the black guy who had the first episode. Yeah, I know who you're talking I about. I forget his name, but he he was in Hocus Pocus too and did a did a, an amazing job. Like I said, I it, it was nostalgia. I thought the ladies, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy and Jimmy, Bette Midler, all did great. Um, we also got some cameos from Cornbread, uh, uh, Cornbread, Ginger Minge, and um, Ka- uh, Kahana. Oh, really? Not okay. Kahana. Uh, <laughs> Kamora Hall. Kamora. Kamora. Okay, got it. Um, was in they they played the sisters in like drag form and stuff and even got some speaking lines. I said, "Come on, day players, y'all better get nice. this day player check." <laughs> nice. So it was it was a great movie. It's on Disney Plus. It premiered September thirtieth. So please check it out. It's a fizz for me. All right, if it's I'm gonna give it a pre I'm gonna give it a premature fizz. So shout out to uh, that. You have anything? You have else? anything else? I'm good. Oh, wait. So one more thing, then. We also have to give a huge shout out to Kiki Palmer. Key TV, she launched a network, child. Lauren Palmer, as as she's calling herself now, she said, I created a brand called Kiki, but Lauren Palmer is creating a network. I said, you better do the damn thing, girl. She's created a digital TV network, which I'm sure um, there will be lots of good content on. Uh, we're going to slide into Kiki's DMs because Cold Pop is looking for a platform. Um, yeah, and you never know. We Help us out. You never know. So I'm going to give it a huge fizz. Kiki, holla at us, girl. We would love to join Key TV and help you get this platform off of the ground and running. So it's a huge fizz for me. I'm, it's like a, it's sort of like Kiki is having a little bit of a career renaissance. I won't call her a, a career debut because she's been doing this for quite a while now. Yeah. But she is having a career renaissance, and I am very, very happy for her. And I hope that she can keep this momentum and get some big roles. One thing that I did want to mention, there has been chatter, conversation, fan casting, and I would like to see it. Kiki Palmer is rogue in X-Men. Let's do it. Let's have it. I could see it. I can see it. She's a Southern girl. She's got the personality that fits the rogue personality stereotype. Let's see Kiki Palmer play rogue in the MCU. I would definitely be here for that. Um, And so it's a huge fizz for me. I'm a fan. Been a fan, still a fan, will be a fan. Yeah, shout out to Kiki Palmer. And it's a fizz for me as well. All right. So it is time for uh, the end of the show. Marcus, what are your final thoughts? What are you leaving away with? My final thoughts are is that everyone needs friends like Tamron Hall um, that'll speak up for you 
in rooms that you're not a part of and make sure that they have your back when you're not there to speak up for yourself. Um, I, my only wish is that uh, my good Judy, Trent Rashad, would do the same for me, but he does not. Um, and so I just want to say that get you a friend like Tamron Hall because no, that's what we need in our lives. When they wrong. Huh? I'm, never, I'm not. I'm. I'm the kind of friend I won't support you when you're wrong. I'm not going to do that. Now I'm you, you won't you support me stuff. at all. Oh, okay. So, and it's it's okay. I've I've come to terms with that because you're that girl you that I'm glad you will you not have. speak up for me. You will not oh. make sure that you have my back. You will not when 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 there is a conflict or altercation. You will idly sit by and let me defend myself. And I will watch. We need friends like Tamron Hall. You you know you need friends like Tamron Hall. I have friends like Tamron Hall. You need friends. Yeah, like it's Tamron. it's and it sucks that you're not one of them. Well, hey baby, it's very but unfortunate. You're not my only friend, so that, clearly, that, that's, that's clearly. Problem. What so what what you got? What you take away from this show, bitch? <laughs> my takeaway is that you you are delusional and you need you need serious psychological help. We are only joking. Let let me be very clear that's before my, anybody is like, that is my, "Oh, they're no, fighting. No, no, no. The girls are fighting." No, yeah, we are. So, let's just <laughs> let's let's just be very real and you, you need some help. What are you taking away from this episode? Um I I think going back to our conversation about Dahmer just um you know even though something may be getting a lot of attention and may, you know, super popular right now, doesn't mean that it's really great content for you to consume. Um, and so just kind of be mindful of kind of taking a pause. I think, you know, this was like a couple years ago. I probably would have just pushed through the series just so I had something to talk about on this podcast. But like, no, the amount of TV that I feel like I consume is just like I have to kind of pick and choose. What's we have options. And what's not going to be. Yeah. What, what might be a little bit too much so so that's what I'm taking away uh, if you want to continue the conversation with us please follow us on social media you can find us at Cold Pop Show Instagram, Twitter yes. you can watch our uh, videos now on YouTube you can watch these shows if you want to um, on YouTube so if you want to follow me Trenton Rashad on Instagram and Twitter and you can follow me at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end on all the socials. Thank you all so much for listening to us this week. Uh, this was a good show, good topics. There was a lot that happened, so I'm glad we got a chance to meet up and talk about it. Definitely. All right, pop stars. Until next time. See ya. Bye.